It is April 1st, 2022, and we're swinging, baby. It's wrestling, uh, WrestleMania weekend on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa, and uh, stupendous weekend of wrestling. Stupendous. Yes, you are stupendously dressed, immaculate blazer. As are you. I love the you color. looking dapper as hell. Uh, here we are tonight, kicking off WrestleMania weekend. It is like Christmas, but better than Christmas. It's two days instead of one. Really three if you count tonight. So WrestleMania Eve. Uh, Alfred, in your history and knowledge of the world of professional wrestling, has there ever been as much simultaneous wrestling content being broadcast at the same time as there was tonight at 11 uh, or pardon me, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, when we had Hall of Fame, Rampage, Supercard of Honor, and Impact getting started. Ooh, um, yeah, and the key word is broadcast, and I'm not sure there is a precedent for this. This is definitely on the higher end in terms of broadcasted wrestling events at the same time, and to have just all this wrestling going on at the same time is typical for WrestleMania weekend because there's just not enough. You know, you can't run out of wrestling to watch, but at the same time, now it's being broadcast uh, through all these streaming platforms. So I think this, you know, might be a record in terms of live shows that are going on that people can see in their homes. Stupendous. Stupendous event. Very much so. Word of the weekend. What are the odds? that we are going to hear that word less than 100 times this entire weekend. Did you ever watch the American Music Awards in 1984? Uh, Lionel Richie, I think, said outrageous like 100 times during that broadcast. I was born two years after that. Yes. The video is online. Uh, fun fact, that night after the American Music Awards, they went and recorded We Are the World because they all the superstars, all the celebrities, all the singers were right there. Wow. See, that sounds like a very harmonious award show. I wish they all could be like that. Actually, I don't, because then the ratings wouldn't be as good. It's true. It's true. But we had crossovers tonight. I was looking at the Supercard of Honor results. Uh, some AEW talent showing up there. The synergy. You know, spoiler Syner- alert for those of you who haven't seen Supercard of Honor, but I am getting the impression that uh, Samoa Joe has just showed up in ROH. So it was Tony ROH. Khan's ROH. Wow. There you go. Not uh, okay, so he is at R- ROH, not yeah, impact. yeah, so R-O-H. much wrestling, perfect fit, too much wrestling. Question mark. I don't think there is a such thing as too much wrestling, but if there is going to be too much wrestling, let it be on WrestleMania weekend. I remember it wasn't even too long ago, it was when Wrestle, Wrestle, WrestleMania was in Florida, I believe it was the most shows ever booked in a single weekend, and you just had one WrestleMania 33, mm-hmm. and it was just one after, and then 34 was like that as well, and that all these. Other companies, the independent companies, the smaller companies will come and congregate around WrestleMania. Of course, WWE gets pissed off about that. But, you know, this is good for the wrestling business in terms of having this hub and more exposure for the wrestling companies. Yeah. No, I mean, it's crazy. It really shows that no matter how much we think things are waning, ratings are on the decline, you throw an event and those hardcore fans. This is this is the thing about the hardcore fans. They will spread it around. You know, yeah. it's it's not about, oh, I just go to WrestleMania. I'll go and I'll hit these other shows. And in fact, I think it's that um, open mind that's led to the proliferation of uh, the indies and uh, all these other promotions. And uh, certainly AEW has taken the greatest advantage of that. So before we hop into things, what is going on in the news? Well, we have a lot of very fun news. Let's start out with uh, we're going to give you some Randy Orton. Randy oh. Orton had some choice words on Pat McAfee's show 
Pat McAfee keeps getting these great interview ad by Brock Lesnar and Vince McMahon and now Randy Orton on the Pat McAfee show, kind of burying the NXT roster. Uh, you know how Randy Orton is. He just says what he thinks and he doesn't really worry about being politically correct or any public relations. He's about as unfiltered as it gets in WWE, partly because he's earned his spot and he's one of those WWE lifers. And he said to Pat that, quote, there's an art to what we do and a lot of guys have lost that art now instead of selling a punch because you need to sell a punch i'm protecting myself because i don't want to get my fucking jaw broken that's unfortunate but the art of professional wrestling like when vince was on the pat mcafee show has talked about uh your number one priority above all being protecting your opponent that's not necessarily taught in nxt so randy orton firing off some shots to nxt uh, sounds like NXT 2.0, uh, but he is saying some of these NXT guys he's been working with. So it might even just go back to several call-ups. So what do you think about Randy Orton's comments toward NXT? I mean, Randy Orton has always been outspoken. He is an island, it seems, in the world of professional wrestling. He has gotten away with things that other talents certainly wouldn't have. He had a meteoric rise. Uh, his career peaked early. I think we can all agree he had quite a valley where it seemed like he wasn't as into it as he once was then through uh, his association with Matt Riddle, he's reclaimed that eye of the tiger to quote Rocky. And I think it's clear from this that he gives zero F's and is just out there shooting and speaking his mind. And um, there's probably a little truth in it, but probably the thing where, you know, one guy threw a punch and connected and Randy was like, Oh, Hey, I don't know. I don't know if these guys are safe, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's somewhere in the middle because, you know, Randy Orton, this does sound like a legitimate gripe he would have. Somebody who's a professional at Randy Orton, somebody who has in the past been hurt in the ring and has not handled it well. Uh, in fact, cost somebody his job because of it in terms of Ken Anderson. This is something when it comes to wrestler safety that Randy Orton deeply cares about, as any wrestler should. At the same time, this sure. is on the Pat McAfee show, and Pat McAfee does work with WWE, and as authentic as he is on that show he does give great interviews they do also work a couple angles and i just can't help but think this tomaso champa randy orton thing they had a twitter beef now tomaso champa is on his way out of nxt he's mr nxt maybe this is more of tomaso and randy doing their thing in terms of having war of words with randy bearing nxt you know he's had some words about nxt in the past with the leg slap controversy and now he's keeping it going Alfred, I got it. Mark down this timestamp. Mark my words. Transcript. Put this on a headline on Wrestling Inc. Hell, put this on Forbes. Monday night, Randy Orton versus Tommaso Ciampa. Randy comes out wearing a hard hat, reflective safety vest for his new gimmick, Randy Osha Orton, chief of workplace safety in the WWE. I absolutely love that. He could get over huge as a heel, especially with the internet crowd. That would be a fun gimmick. He's just going around and then critiquing people's work, telling them not to dive. Yes. Yeah. Talking about, do you know where the fire exits are? We need to keep this walkway clear, people. It's a safety issue. I think uh, Randy better suited than most to be the head of workplace safety for the WWE. Yeah, that's great. I, he gets my nomination. So hopefully they follow through with that. Absolutely. What else we got? Hey, did you say something about Forbes? Well, John yes. Cena, the one and only John Cena, sat down with a handsome African Alfred Kunawa of Forbes, and he had some deep praise to give to Max Caster. Get this. After the handsome African Alfred Kunawa asked him if he can beat Max Caster in a battle rap, John Cena himself said no. He's extremely gifted. This is John Cena. Quote, he's extremely gifted. I remember hearing him for the first time and asking a good friend of mine, 
Please pass his information to me. I immediately checked out his raps out of the blue. I saw what he was doing, and it was spectacular. He said, hip-hop constantly evolves, and it constantly moves forward, and he's a better version of what I did, said wow. John Cena. And quote, now, just my two cents, I think Max Caster's fantastic. Who's to yeah. say whether this is better than John Cena? I think he's got a little bit to go and before he gets to the John Cena level in terms of the whole package when it comes to that rapper character. Mm. But in terms of bars, Glenn, do you think John Cena would lose a rap battle to Max Caster? Yes, I do. Because John was very 90s punchline rap. Uh, John Cena walked so Max Caster could run. Um mm. I mean, even look at, you know, I mean, talk about the evolution of hip hop. Look at what Eminem was doing back on the Slim Shady LP versus stuff like Rap God. You know, uh, John Cena, John, John Cena uh, seemed to have retired uh, from the rap game around the time Jay-Z did, but John Cena meant it and hasn't come back. Um, I mean, he never put out a follow-up album. You know, we were all bumping John Cena in the trademark. Solid, solid record for early 2000s rap. But no, I think um, John is aware that he, I mean, th this is maybe me projecting a little bit here, but I think John is aware that he uh, was able to capitalize off tapping into the zeitgeist of hip hop culture of uh, the freestyle movement that Eminem and 8 Mile really popularized. But John, John didn't stick with it. John's not a hip hop lifer. I think he used that to his advantage. I think he, he has respect for it. I'm not saying that he's just appropriating the culture, but I think he recognizes that like he has been far surpassed by Max Gaster, by Hit Row, and by other wrestlers that are much more versed in the modern day hip hop scene. Now, I'm not sure if he's been surpassed, but I will credit him for saying that there's been an evolution. I think that's the right term in terms of what they're doing in this era, because, and you know, Cena brought this up in that Max Caster raps to a live beat and is able yeah. to hit those punchlines week after week. And that is a lot harder than it looks. And yes. the way Max Caster does this gimmick, yes, you can draw the parallels to John Cena, but Max Caster doing it in his own way, I think he's uh, pushing the envelope just like John Cena did. There are definitely parallels, but I think in the way Max Caster does it, it's, it's very, very very close to what you would see in a professional hip-hop artist. And and yeah. I think people sleep on John Cena and how good he was as a rapper. And even his album, I actually did enjoy his album as well. But in terms of a rapper and somebody who could actually cross over into hip-hop, I think Max Caster does have that potential. Yes, he just needs the right song. Yeah. He said, this is the right person. He'll, he'll get there. Whenever yeah, absolutely. Max Caster's but that's, ready. But that's great. Uh, so you talked with John. How was uh, that? Did you uh, talk about uh, his thoughts about Taiwan? No, Taiwan oh, did not come up in that interview. Interesting. A number of uh, <laughs> I do have an off-air story to share with you about you know a particular story that was on everybody's mind. But uh, we had a good conversation. He's a great guy. This is my second interview with him, and uh, you know he was just begging. He's been begging just every week in my DMs. Alfred, when are we going to get back together and do this interview? And I've been busy, and finally I was able to make time for John Cena. So awesome, uh, there dude. you go. Don't say I didn't do anything for you, John. No, I'm just kidding. But he's a great guy. It's, it's fun interviews. Very surprised with how much he put over Max Caster. I was just kind of That's matter of awesome. fact asking. I always wanted to know what he thought about him, and he really put him over. Yeah, and he's in a good stage in his career right now where I think he can just speak freely about, uh, you know, whatever he wants at this point. Yeah. It's not there just to tow the company line. Uh, what else we got? Our final news story is about Edge. It looks like there are reports that Edge may be leading a heel stable imminently. Some names that have been considered include Damian Priest. Who would you like to see in a heel stable on Raw if Edge was to go that direction? 
It's interesting, man. Do you think this is maybe cover for what we talked about Cody could be coming in to do? Mm. That could be interesting, but I think I don't think they should team up just yet. I would rather see Edge and Cody feud, especially with Cody coming in. He's going to need some opponents, and Edge, I think, is probably going to be next after Seth Rollins. And I just think him and I'd like to see Edge give the rub to guys, and Cody wouldn't need that from Edge. I'd actually like them to call somebody up from either NXT 2.0, who's relatively ready, maybe a Grayson Waller type, or bring somebody from SmackDown. Because I was looking at the Raw roster, yeah. and I really don't see anybody who I feel like, yeah, they'd really benefit from being in a stable with Edge. They should have the WWE equivalent of like the Legion of Doom that fought the Justice League, where they should have like their own area backstage, and you've got Corbin and Moss and you know, uh, Seamus and Butch and, and like every bad guy in WWE. And they're just all hanging out. So they're talking about how much they love being evil and the evil yeah. things they're going to do. <laughs> I love it. They can do that. What would yeah. the stable stand be? Yeah. Well, I'm knowing Vince, probably the Legion of Doom. Yeah, what, just... what, what about the League of Evil? You know? <laughs> yeah. The dark side. Yes. The dark side. Undertaker getting inducted yet? Speaking of the dark side? Uh, I think that's happened. This is the weirdest counter program we've ever had to our podcast it really is it's a weird night of wrestling i've never remembered having to keep up with so many different wrestling events it's like well, and then i was like why in the f are we watching rampage like rampage is sorry rampage pre-taped rampage is the and this is an anti-aw rampage is the least essential shit on tonight i i did have trouble rampage was the low man on the totem pole in terms of me keeping up with all this content i did keep up with rampage we will review it and get into what we liked and didn't like but uh that was the hardest to keep up with because it happens every week and the other stuff yeah. seemed much newer yeah absolutely uh, so is that it for the news that is it for the news cool let's talk about tonight starting smackdown with an andre the giant memorial battle royal still calling that the arm bar did that stick is that a oh, thing really? It, it was a thing. Be. It was it was for like two years. Uh, not officially, but the fans called it that. Uh, this had Apollo, Aziz, Eric, Ivar, Damian Priest, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric, Akira, Drew Gulak, Reggie, Jinder Mahal, Shanky, R-Truth, Mansoor, Madcap Moss, Robert Roode, Finn Balor, Dolph Ziggler, T-Bar, and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Dolph repping that NXT championship. Finn Balor, the U.S. champion. And... Uh, came down to Finn Balor and Madcap Moss. Madcap Moss getting the win. How are you feeling about this, Alfred? Uh, look on your face. Looks like you just had some of my scotch. You didn't like a Madcap Moss winning this match? Now, remember Corbin won in Dallas. But, see, I think Corbin was more respected as a heel than Moss is. Yeah, oh. certainly, definitely. Um, also, missing uh, missed opportunity tonight for Moss to pull some kind of stupid April Fool's prank. Mm, you're so right about that if of all nights to do something like that because of how campy this character is you're absolutely right they should i mean they this essentially is his wrestlemania and he missed it yeah well in that last segment tonight i mean look i like drew mcintyre i like baron corbin i think my thoughts about madcap moss are clear uh but like what in the hell was that go home segment tonight before I know I know Hall of Fame's going on. They know people were going to flip over to that, but that was the last segment of what they're building before I was shocked of everything. I was shocked too, but then I kind of thought about it and you kind of hinted toward it. I think they put that last because they knew they had the Hall of Fame after they were going to have to tear down the ring anyway. So to get a head start on that, you have Drew McIntyre cut the ropes down and do all that stuff so that they have, 
you know, it's really only like a maybe 30 second head start, but yeah. it doesn't take very long to put those rings together. So that 30 seconds probably went a long way in terms of being on air as soon as possible so they could go head to head with Rampage. Yeah, so Madcap Moss won tonight. Um, he's looked up to Andre ever since he was a kid. Andre was oh, his wow. hero. Fans were chanting, you suck. He told a bad joke about Texas. He got booed even louder. Let me tell you something. Loving this Madcap Moss. Loving this Riddick Moss. I think this guy this time next year is going to be a top. If plans go according to plan, I think this guy's going to be a top star. He's going to be what Drew McIntyre actually became in terms of WWE having plans for this guy. Now, this Madcap Moss gimmick, we can agree, is awful. As uh, one of the top rising stand-up comedians in all of the South Bay, I resent his attempt to try to do stand-up like this. Uh, I don't like it. But as a character, as a person who can connect with an audience with the look, somebody with the talent, I think Riddick Moss has it. And I think this is going to lead to Baron Corbin getting jealous. They've been teasing all this dissension yeah. between these two. And it's going to make Madcap Moss, hopefully they change him back to Riddick Moss. It's going to make him a huge baby face, I think, because he's got the tools. So here's the deal. Michael Scott proved you can be funny by being not funny. Yes. Riddick Moss, Madcap Moss is not that. Not at all. There's a fine art to that, that uh, Steve Carell, Michael Scott made look easy, but it is an art not many people have. And unfortunately, Madcap Moss is one of those people who doesn't have it. He is not even like Freddie got fingered anti-humor. Like he is just straight up like the Snickers commercial that him and Baron did is actually the funniest he's ever been because they probably had some sort of professional writer put that together. And that's the thing. I don't think we can blame Madcap Moss for his performance. No, no, the things no. he's pulling off, we all know, is from, you know, a very tired regime with dated jokes anyway. So he's trying to do it as best as he can. Bruce Pritchard has a book, you know, probably like uh, the, the, the Playboy uh, book of uh, snappy insults from 1963 <laughs> yeah. that he's r pulling these out of and go, here, Madcap, knock yourself out. You're going to kill the crowd <laughs> with this one, you know? Read the one on page 69, Madcap. Yes. Uh, but Madcap won. Let's talk about this, though. Okay, so look, Battle Royal, that's hard to screw up. It was fun, kind of short. A lot of guys that aren't getting their mania moment were showcased here. Uh, but let's talk about the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship, Ricochet defending against Angel and Umberto. Uh, not bad for a two-on-one match. Probably the best match Angel and Umberto have wrestled. Uh, everyone looked good in this, but holy shit, that finish ricochet, ricochet with the, uh, six thirty splash to the, uh, what was it? The, uh, why am Angel I blanking Rose? on the name? No, the, is it, is it called the ricochet? Something like that. I thought it's just called the six thirty. Yeah, but he did the movie he did the after, but yeah, the movie did afterwards after oh. the six thirty. he did the two seamlessly was like a WrestleMania moment. This was actually a WrestleMania caliber match. And from as much as I've been critical of uh angel numberto like i thought oh the recoil the 630 into the recoil at the end 630 into the recoil at the end watching a ricochet out there he is the most watchable superstar i think in all of wrestling like his moves like what he can do if you look at what he can do with basic moves but what he could do with advanced things wwe needs to find a million dollars in the budget to get him with like the best acting coaches hollywood has to offer fix his promos he just constantly reminds me what a once in a generation talent he is he really is and 
if they want to save some money, maybe hide those weaknesses by getting him a good solid manager, somebody who could talk for him. Um, I think that could really help. But I'm looking at WWE's roster and moving forward, Ricochet, Rick Boogs, and I think Riddick slash Madcap Moss are going to be the guys they should really focus on in terms of elevating them as top stars. They're all on the same brand, and WWE has this kind of gold mine of up-and-coming young guys who I think they could now run with. And instead of having to go out and panic and get part-timers every year, they can start building a nucleus on SmackDown because these three guys I saw tonight, I was thinking like, now we're at the end of WrestleMania. This is the end of a season, and the beginning of the next season should include these guys in terms of getting them over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we went from that win, and that was that was a fun match. Like that actually had me feeling super optimistic tonight. Like that yeah. match. It was a really good match. It was, it was like really what they cool. would have probably done at WrestleMania. Yeah, that that should have been on the card. I guarantee you that was better than half of what we're going to see this weekend. Oh yeah. We got to look back at Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, which, by the way, main event tomorrow night. When's the last time there was a main event at a pay-per-view that wasn't billed as an actual match, let alone Wrestle Freaking Mania? Yeah, it's very interesting because I don't think that's ever – that's never happened. There's always a match Someone at the main event. Someone was saying Undertaker showed up at the end of Survivor Series two years ago. Was that, was that the close of the show? Well, I'm just looking at WrestleMania. I mean, yeah, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. No, WrestleMania. You end WrestleMania with a match. No. I mean – yeah. That's what's so surprising to me. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they use one of the pay-per-views. It would be rare, definitely, to do a non-wrestling segment, but with WrestleMania. And listen, under these circumstances, it's awesome coming back, and them doing the main event tells you, it's telegraphing that this will be somewhat of a match. Like, it, maybe they won't ring the bell. Maybe they won't have an official timekeeper or whatnot. But they're going to be doing some spots, and I think it's going to be better than advertised. Yeah. Um I am worried, though, for an outcome of the women's tag match because tonight Sasha Banks and Naomi won their yeah. match against Carmella and Queen Zelina uh, Vega. Now, normally, according to Raj Giri booking algorithm, you don't win and stand tall right before your championship match and win the championship match. Nope, 50-50. That's a big hit to their chances. So I'm looking at, you know, this could finally be Liv Morgan's moment to win a title. But Carmella and Corey have been teasing this live sex celebration. And, you know, WWE might pull the trigger on that. Now, is WWE aware that the internet has pornography now? It didn't for the longest time. Yes, but um, how much of that pornography is soft, fully clothed pornography? Oh, that's true. Carmella and Corey. Some people uh, might be into that, and they just can't get that demographic. And so now they go on to WWE. We've discussed when I was flipping around the bootleg cable and I found there's a channel called Showtime Extreme. And that's pretty close. That's pretty close to fully clothed pornography. <laughs> to the extreme, you say. I've got three months of Showtime. Is that still on? Uh, Showtime Extreme? I mean, they show it late at night and you look at it and you're like, who watches this? This is for like <laughs> hotel rooms or in-flight entertainment. I mean, this is uh, seems counterproductive. Um, but... Ronda Rousey's training camp. We saw footage of her sparring with Shayna Baszler. Uh, you know, I believe uh, Ronda's going to tear that arm off or Charlotte's going to tap out. I think they only repeated that like six times tonight. Yeah, so it's going to be a submission finish. It seems like they've kind of gotten away from the idea that Ronda Rousey is more than just an arm bar. She can do other submissions. Uh, they've really half-assed this feud in terms of the storyline. And I think it's a shame because I do think this match is going to be a good match. Sure. But when we look back on how they got here, wasn't wasn't very pretty. 
Uh, Charlotte was in the ring. Hey, she used uh, WWE's favorite insult for women in uh, referring to her. So that was actually their favorite <laughs> insult overall. That's all they got. Oh, they love it. And they always time it to where you can get a big pop for it. Yeah, like it's just punctuation. Got... Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't believe she said that. They need more. They, they like get a thesaurus. Yeah. Look at some other names that you could say that the FCC won't bleep. <laughs> Think of something. I don't know. They need to consult with Keith Lee and cut more classy <laughs> promos the way he does. Keith Lee, yeah, he should have pitched him on that. Been like, you know, I have a big vocabulary. Yeah. I could really work with the writers to expand <laughs> all the different ways we want to insult people. Um. The Charlotte promo is okay. That's what I'm thinking about, though, dude. I'm like, what would have ended tonight if not for the segment they chose? Um, but yeah, like, that was weird. Then we had Jimmy Uso versus Rick Boogs. Shinsuke was out there. Uh, Austin and McAfee got into it. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, the, Finn yeah, Balor this, was there. It got turned into a six-way tag or six-man tag. This was Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory with a six-man tag in the background like the wrestling came so secondary to where they kept going to the pat mcfee austin theory feud mcfee chase theory and then kick the door down and then here comes vince mcmahon so vince yeah, hasn't like been that. announced for this so we're now done with the programming leading up to wrestlemania no announcement about Vince McMahon, but you know maybe this is going to be his in to be whether it's an enforcer or a special guest referee or uh, maybe he won't be involved at all, but I thought they maybe. did a good job at this feud. I thought this overachieved in terms of storyline. Pat McAfee has done a great job. Austin Theory's done a, been a great cowardly heel. It sucks that they're sacrificing their two mid-card championships just so Austin Theory can look strong to lose to Pat McAfee, who's a broadcaster. This seems so backwards, uh, but that's what they're doing, and, and they're doing it well uh, if that's what they're going to do. Yeah, so Finn Balor was out there and joined in on this. Uh, Finn with Shinsuke and Rick versus the Usos and Austin Theory. With Austin Theories and the Usos getting the win and Balor getting pinned by uh, Balor getting pinned by Theory. Yeah. I mean, Theory, okay, coming out of this feud with Pat McAfee, win or lose, he needs a shot at one of these titles because he's he beat Ricochet and then he beat Finn Balor. So they need to give him a shot at one of these titles coming out of this. How did we only get a video package tonight of Roman versus Brock? Are they thinking, hey, we need to now build demand. We can't have these guys do anything tonight if we want people to tune in Sunday. Like of all the nights, we could have skipped one of their in-person appearances in past weeks to give us a big build tonight, something equivalent to the forklift segment we got a few weeks ago. Well, last week we were talking about how it felt like they just peaked one week too early. And they just have too much time left. And we were right, because that's exactly what it was. They've run out of ideas. They had their last idea last week. They had nothing more. And it, you could see it. You could see even last week when they were doing the final angle. It's like Brock swinging a chair while Roman Reigns just kind of gets away and nothing really happens after this. So they've just run out of ideas. And they're now content with just building up the match. Yeah. Oh, we're looking good, though, tonight, Alfred. That's what matters. Yeah. Better than get those some wrestling. Good thumbnails. We need to get uh, some some screen grabs of us looking dapper edited yeah. over the thumbnail tonight on YouTube. Because I think like this, between the two of us, this will generate some clicks. This oh, will build some new audience. You know, if we did this every week, I think uh, numbers just YouTube couldn't contain it. That would have to be a subscription service if we did this every week. Like maybe a Patreon. Yes. 
Yes. Now is I you know I know you and Issa clued me into what OnlyFans was. Is that mm-hmm. only used for religious content, or can you put other things on there as well? I've ninety nine percent of the time it's religious. I wouldn't imagine wow. there's anything salacious on that on that website. I you know I think one time somebody had like a Sister Mary joke that wow. was really racy, and they had pictures of her ankle. And that just didn't fly, but usually it's typically a very religious organization. And, uh, yes, I mean, whatever, whatever uh, God you're a fan of, that side all is only, only yeah, all of them. That, that's solid. That is solid. You know, in fact, okay, so here's my question. I know religion is big on the one true God idea, like, but has religion evolved? Like, do religions explicitly state, like, you can't believe in other things? Because I think you want to cover your bases. I mean, let's just, let's just run the gamut. I mean, why not? You know? Yeah, yeah. You play the roulette table. You got to get uh, someone thirty-four, someone thirty-two, the first yeah. third. Uh, I, that's a good question. I think you have to stick to one of them. I don't think they like sharing oh, followers, but um, I'm thinking I got a loophole in this Jews for Jesus thing. Well, I think uh, that I can double my odds right there. You know, big time, huge yeah. if you hit on that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But uh, there's a God for everybody on OnlyFans, though. Oh well, there you go. I'll be on there uh, praying on OnlyFans tonight. So nice. Now, uh, do you have to pay every time you pray, or is it sort of like uh, all you can? It's a monthly thing. Sometimes I pray too much and I get overcharged, uh, but it's not happening as much. But that makes sense. Now, you know, I like to keep my religious uh, practices, not my beliefs, but my practices somewhat private. Does that show up on your credit card as OnlyFans, where people know, like, I'm paying for a religious? service or do they anonymize that charge no it's all caps praise him that's oh, praise okay. him ink well that's not that's not if my wife sees that is that really that embarrassing no not at all yeah i could be like hey you know we all have the freedom to express ourselves spiritually the way that we want that's what this country was founded on founded on uh tony storm did what i'll read that chat later uh, uh so uh so where was i on OnlyFans, only we were fans, doing yes. austin theory See, and pat maxi that's you know that's where i first became aware of OnlyFans was the tony storm story didn't she make like a bajillion dollars in an hour yeah i heard she did very well i think it's one of those just like scarlet where she has to stop taking requests because she can't uh fill them in time so she needs to fill a certain amount before she gets to the next good for her get your money Seriously, I mean, think think about the, what wrestlers do, putting themselves and their bodies at risk, yeah, for a paycheck. I mean, monetize all you can, man. Go on Twitch. Go on thousand percent. I love that we're in a do-it-yourself era, uh, being so into wrestling because these wrestlers, you, we know how they get screwed with their independent contractor slash employee contract, and wrestlers are true independent contractors, and there's more methods than ever to market yourself. There you go uh so austin theories and the usos won uh theory was taunting pat mcafee and then you look at the clock and you say we've got like 15 minutes left to go this is the go home show before wrestlemania what on earth is going to happen in these last 15 minutes to build my excitement for wrestlemania and outcome corbin and moss they've got drew mcintyre's sword they made it a joke. They made they made Chris Rock look almost <laughs> pale by comparison uh, about Drew McIntyre and the loss of his mother. Uh, Drew McIntyre came out, attacked them both, got his sword back, and we went off the air. 
What did you think of this go home segment? Because at first I was like, well, this is going to go on for five minutes and then we're going to get the real go home yeah. segment. But oh no, this was it. Shocked. Uh, I was under the impression that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar were going to be there and, and we're going to close the show. Uh, but even as this segment was going on, I'm thinking, man, they're really kind of cutting it close because they still have the main event. <laughs> Not knowing this was the actual main event. Now, it makes sense that this is the main event for functional reasons because they yeah. had to take the ring down. And that's the main reason I think they did this. But to do this comedy angle, again, this is your go-home angle. The go-home angle for WrestleMania. Yeah, they have a Raw go-home angle and a SmackDown go-home angle. This is the last thing on the A show people are going to see before WrestleMania. And I just thought it was wild that it was this angle. This is probably the coldest match. Um, you know, even Drew McIntyre has had to respond to complaints about him wrestling Happy Corbin. And this is what they chose to go off the air with. I was shocked. Couldn't believe it. Did, I mean, this was just like some wind out of my my sails tonight. Yeah, didn't do a great job really hyping you up for WrestleMania. But I will admit that they've done a good enough job with the overall build for the bigger matches, especially the things that are going to be things that we haven't even seen on WWE television coming up to this. It's going to be Austin and Cody are two things I'm very excited about. And uh, I think they've done a good job with this card. I, I'm excited for the matches that they want me to be excited about. And I, I think they've kept it simple this year. Yes, they have. Um, you excited for WrestleMania, though? I mean, you feeling amped? You feeling hyped? Sure. It's like one of those things where I'm looking at it more or less like it's going to be nonstop in terms of starting in a few short hours with NXT TakeOver or NXT Stand and Deliver. But, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun to watch all that wrestling. It's just a lot of back-to-back -back wrestling to consume. I announced to my wife earlier today that when I get done with this podcast tonight, we are watching uh, the 1988 film Stand and Deliver about Jaime Escalante teaching his students calculus. Great movie. And it's that will get you in the mood for WrestleMania weekend. It's such a good movie. I haven't seen it like probably in a good 15 years. I'm really like... I saw it in theaters. We watched it. In, I feel like everyone watched that movie in math class. Yeah, at least with a substitute twice. teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on a little bit of a Lou Diamond Phillips kick lately after watching because Labamba, Labamba never has stopped being on cable in the last 35 years. Labamba is always on. Is he still on? Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh yes. Okay. I mean Richie Valens. No, they cover that in the movie. His brother, Bob Morales, played by Isai Morales, no relation in the film. His brother, Bob Morales, just passed away like four years ago. Oh, that sucks. All right, people. Yeah. 18, yeah, 2018. That yeah. Sucks. Interesting story there, too. He turns his life around. I mean, in the movie, he really comes across as a major asshole, like criminal, terrible to his family, lots of reprehensible behavior. But his real life story, it does sound like he got sober and really turned his life around. Yeah, that'll be a good behind the music this ending. This is this is what I do when I when I can't sleep, Alfred. I stay up and like the other night reading about Bob Morales and then uh, the big bopper and Buddy Holly's falling out with the crickets. Like this is what <laughs> sounds like that would put you to sleep. Yes, reading about the big bopper Junior who carried on his father's legacy. Uh, you know, this is this is insomnia personified. Uh, anyhow, so I was bummed because I really wanted to watch Hall of Fame. People are watching Hall of Fame now. Taker is up there. Uh, yeah, I watched Rampage pre-taped. I mean, reading about Supercard of Honor, reading about everything else going on. Rampage, um, you didn't need to watch this live tonight. I'm not saying you didn't need to watch it, but you did not need to watch this live. Not at all. We did. I don't know why. 
we, yeah. we could have not covered this tonight. Nobody would have complained. For those wondering, The Undertaker is in a ponytail, and there are mannequin Undertaker costumes behind him. Different I'm curious looks. To see this. Okay, okay, I'm curious to see this. I will have to check that out. Uh, the Young Bucks with Brandon Cutler versus Top Flight opening the show with the Young Bucks defeating Top Flight. What did you think of this match? I thought it was very good. It's hopefully the first of many between these two teams. And I think one of the overarching stories AEW is going to tell is Top Flight's quest to beat the Young Bucks. Because I do feel that Top Flight is the heir apparent to the Young Bucks. But, you know, when you heard it was going to be Top Flight and Young Bucks, my expectations were high. And I think they lived up to them. It's, top Flight is very good. Of course, the Young Bucks are going to make them look even better. But even without the Young Bucks being able to make them look better, this is a very, very talented tag team. I thought it was a hot, hot opening to the show. Just, uh, yeah. The Undertaker literally looks like he's giving a TED Talk in hell. <laughs> he's like, he's not behind the podium. You got to see this. He's like walking around. No mic. I you can't tweet imagine that out. What he's talking tweet about. That out. Tweet that out so I can retweet that. The Undertaker okay. looks like he's giving a head TED Talk in hell. Tweet that now. I'll retweet you. I don't want Undertaker to come for me. I'll, no, tag wrestling right now. That's good. Okay, that, yeah, do that. <laughs> Folks, you, this has happened. Look, if you're watching this live, you're patient. If you're watching this on a delay, that was A-plus from uh, Alfred Kanawa. I think uh, it deserves it. I remember uh, Ted's all capitalized. Ted, yeah, I was about to ask that. Okay, good. Yes. This does look like uh, a TED Talk. You are 100% right about that. Wow. Here it comes. <laughs> Is Why wrestling I'm, back on? It's the wrestling tradition. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, okay, yeah. traditional. They got it back on. Now, if I was watching that live, I'm sure this makes context, but to just flip that on and see that, like, holy shit with the mannequins, that is a setup. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm sure his speech is, is fantastic. I hope he's killing sure. it up there. I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to your Twitter right now. I'm going to retweet this. Uh, Here we go. There's gold. There's Twitter gold. <laughs> Retweeting. We're going viral as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody retweet that. That is uh, some good stuff. Um, so Chris Statlander, what is this other side of Chris Statlander we're going to see? Is she still an alien? No, it doesn't look like she's an alien. Looks like she's going to play it more straight, more serious. We haven't gotten any explanation as to what this change is because she just changed the color of her face paint. I was under the impression when they were originally teasing there would be a change that she was going to go to a normal human being because she was wiping the face paint off. But she just changed the color to it. It's more dark. So maybe she'll be more gritty. So not an alien. So she's been naturalized. Yeah, I guess she's. Well, they should have a segment where she passes her citizenship chest. <gasps> They should no totally have the segment with that. And now she's like a real person. And then instead of that black paint, it's red, white, and blue. Oh my God. That is, br remember how like every <laughs> third sitcom in from like the 1980s and 1990s had an episode where somebody turned out wasn't a citizen yeah. and had to take their test and they study for the test. Wayne's uh, had an episode like that. Yeah. Balky uh, had perhaps one of the most yeah. epic ones on Perfect Strangers. I think Chris Statlander absolutely needs to study uh, maybe with Dan Lambert. America's top team. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fantastic. They got to get her the license. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be perfect. Um, and she's like, wait, this means I have to pay taxes. And then Tony Khan could be, don't even get me started about taxes. <laughs> uh, so we had a uh, Dan Lambert out there with Scorpio Sky, Ethan page and page Van Zandt. Uh, I like the addition of page Van Zandt. 
tonight. Yeah, no, she's a star. That's a big get for AEW. I think she's going to really help. Obviously, she has very limited wrestling experience, so it'll be interesting to see how they bring her along. But I think she's going to catch on to this wrestling thing just all right, and I think it's going to be good publicity for AEW. Yeah. Um, I thought this was good. Uh, but again, I just want Scorpio Sky to beat the crap out of Dan Lambert and kick him out of his own team. Yeah, I like how they're surrounding him with all this energy. And, you know, they did do the tie and Sammy where they're destroying the truck. So it's good for now, but tie and yeah. Sammy's got it for heel. So Dan Lambert drives the least cool BMW on earth, which Sammy Guevara and Ty uh, attacked. Yeah. It was- now, do you think that was like a flood salvage vehicle or something? Because, I mean, they were they didn't hit the body too much. They really went for the taillights and the windows, but... I noticed that, yeah, I think they were trying to do as little damage as possible where they could maybe fix it and then get their money back. <laughs> could, could you imagine from the Hertz Rent-A-Car, like... <laughs> I mean, that, that's probably more on the indie, like, impact Ring of Honor level. Like, we're going to go rent this, and then we'll just replace the windows and give it back. They'll never be any the wiser. And yeah. then the next person that rents is like, why is the alignment so out on this? <laughs> you know? Uh, but no, that was a good segment. Um, House of Black versus Fuego del Sol, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. House of Black, man. Uh, they looked awesome tonight. They got the win. Uh, Fuego <laughs> took quite a beating. What did you uh, think of this? I thought this is good. I love House of Black. I think they're better than their push suggests. They seem like they could be a top act. Buddy Murphy looks like a million bucks. And yeah. Fuego was super over. I, mean, I, I don't know if they're in his hometown or whatnot. I think he's from like Alabama or something like that. But he was really over um, with this crowd. They're chaining Fuego. And I thought, you know, he bumps well. He's there as an enhancement talent. But he does his job well. And I thought House of Black looks good. They just haven't done anything they feel like they're in a holding pattern and i'd like to see this is a team that would really benefit from the trios title is that at least they would have something that they can defend because in order for this team to really click i think they need to start winning more meaningful matches yeah but with trios though don't you think that'll devalue the the tag team and especially now if oh hear me out on this because Mm -hmm. i have a feeling based on what happened tonight we're going to start seeing some ring of honor titles pop up occasionally on AEW as well that's a great uh, point. And you don't want to have too many titles. In fact, I think they do have too many titles now that you're seeing even the AAA title and the FTW title. You're seeing all these titles. Yeah. It's like everybody has one. I agree with that concept. I don't think a trios title in terms of an AEW would devalue the tag team titles because they've actually booked those tag team titles on the level of their world title where they've had mm-hmm. tremendous matches for them. They do mean a lot. The champions typically get a nice lengthy run. And so they've done a good job protecting those titles. So having a trios title, I think, would just be like the intercontinental title for the tag team division, essentially. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens there. Let's talk about Jamie Hayter versus Sky Blue with Jamie getting a win here tonight. They uh, got a decent amount of time for this match, and I thought it was pretty good. What'd you think? They did. I was surprised at how much time they have. They let Sky Blue do a lot. Sky Blue is going to be, I think, a huge babyface star one day. She's really kind of a natural babyface. I think she's going to be a, and you know, she's super over in Chicago. So they're just going to have to work on those reactions all around the country. But in AEW, if you have a hometown, it's part of your origin story and it's good, especially if it's a hot hometown like Chicago, they're even doing something with Britt Baker where they're going to say she's going back to, she's not coming back until they go to uh, Pittsburgh. So yeah, I thought sky blue looked really good in this and you know, Jamie Hader was good as well. This was a good match. It's a shame it was on tonight. I have a feeling this might be the lowest watched Rampage 
in its regular time slot on its regular channel. Yeah, did a pretty low number last week. I think they might be up from that possibly, but with all this going on, I think that's going to hurt you know rampage including ring of honor which is tony khan's own product i know a part of me was like why aren't they just showing an hour of that tonight or doing a two-hour special i mean is a pay-per-view that that can't do such significant buys that they would i mean they could have popped a rating probably by broadcasting that yeah but it was advertised this whole time and you know tony khan's gonna want to see it through especially if you're just taking over this company you don't want to start off with bad will with the fans by canceling what really is their their wrestlemania card yeah uh, and again, unfortunate that it was tonight, but Keith Lee versus powerhouse Hobbs Strickland with Starks getting involved in the end. I mean, this was a good match with Keith Lee getting that win. What did, what did you think of this as uh, like the, the go home segment tonight? This is, I loved it. I loved Keith Lee and Will Hobbs. I was wanting to see this match when Keith Lee was in NXT. I didn't know we'd see it so quickly. And I thought they looked great. Uh, they gave Hobbs a visual pinfall. So, you know, I thought this was good. I really liked the pre-match promo where they kind of, you know, they went back and forth. Uh, Hobbs is actually developing as a good promo. And Keith Lee, I don't think, gets to talk enough because we were even alluding to it earlier. He has this very unique way of delivering his promos. It's unlike anything in wrestling that I want to see more of in AEW. So I thought they did a good job with these two. Yeah, just a tough night tonight. I think next year doing the Friday before mania, they have to find a way to either. I mean, they've said they're not going to do something live, right? That mm-hmm. AEW is never going to do a live event WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts, but that is the intention of, you know, AEW and Tony Khan. I don't see why. I mean, you know, if we're in a wrestling war, which we are, you know, let's go at the big dog and go right in the backyard. Uh, I understand though. I understand growing the company first in that mentality. And you only want to worry about yourself, but I would be surprised if AEW was in business, let's say five years, and they never did a live show head to head with WrestleMania. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I liked the Ricochet match tonight with Umberto and Angel. Everything else felt pretty non-essential this evening. Even the armbar, even the Dre. Yeah, I think uh, it was just, it felt very much like a kickoff show. It felt like a couple hours of a kickoff show where they're showing you all the video packages the segments are relatively short in terms of the wrestling. This was a SmackDown that we absolutely didn't need. And I felt like that for a couple of weeks now with WrestleMania. They just booked this card. You know, it's funny because they have two nights of matches, 14 matches to promote. You would think they wouldn't have enough time to get them done with. But boy, did they ever. You know, I, I hate to say this, and Peacock probably wasn't interested. Or no, Fox probably wasn't interested in this. But what they really should have done is done the first hour of hall of fame before smackdown done the first hour of smackdown and then just given the last like 45 minutes to take her on fox but fox probably wasn't into that i don't yeah, know why that, they wouldn't be but probably not i was wondering that too when i knew that they were going to be broadcasting the hall of fame it might have been a good move to do at least an hour if not the whole show on fox i i wonder what kind of rating you know Yes, wrestling fans are going to want to see SmackDown more. And if you do the whole thing as a Hall of Fame, that might not be as good of a rating. But given what we saw tonight, I just wonder, because it's The Undertaker, I think if they would have packaged this as like The Undertaker's greatest hits into the Hall of Fame or something, that could have done a good number. Yeah, I mean, and clearly Undertaker's a draw. Look, I don't blame anyone that's not watching us live tonight because that's, I don't like, that's the thing. I'm like, I want to get this to go watch Taker's induction. I'm not even the biggest Undertaker fan, but this is just like historic, right? I'm dying to see what he's talking about with the way this presentation is being done. Dying to see. Sounds like it just rusted Stephanie McMahon too. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, and she just stormed the stage and slapped him. Oh, also, wait, she did really? No, she didn't. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding, everybody. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. It's been a week. <laughs> almost done. We're almost done with these jokes. And then, uh, you know, we go back to normal life, right? I mean, in theory, something something else has got to happen. Something else is going to happen. Yeah. It'll last forever. It'll there, there will be references to Will Smith not being able to take a joke for the rest of his life. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Danhausen tried to curse Hook again, but it didn't work. Danhausen tonight. Okay, first off, I've said this before. There's a kids in the hall sketch called "The Pit of Ultimate Darkness" with Sir Simon Milligan, his manservant Hecubus. You need to watch that. Because that's a lot of the like origin of some of the Danhausen stuff. But tonight he was like modulating between that and Cesar Romero's Joker from the original Batman series. <laughs> I love that reference. Now, see, now I got to check that out because I could see it. It was kind of like a hokey, like 80s villain. Or yeah, it was really over the either. top. Yeah. It was really over the top. It was good. But Danhausen, man, he just needs to get in the right feud. You know, I think Dan Housen could be one of the biggest stars in AEW. They just need to figure out the right, right, right way to push him. You know, he's like a more with less. They have that template with Orange Cassidy, and that they made him a top star. So if they just follow that model, where you just pick your spots with him, and you don't overexpose him, I think they could make him into a big star. Kind of like, kind of like what they've done with Hook, really. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, everybody, happy WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I'm back here tomorrow for Stand and Deliver in the morning in WrestleMania night one. And I've got different outfits. I ordered, you know, I, I think I figured out where Pat McAfee and Seth Rollins are getting their gear. Where, where is this? Oh, is it secret? Location? Oh, just go on Amazon and search like sparkly blazer. Like there's a company that just basically makes like outrageous blazers, essentially. That's I think I might have bought a blazer from them, to be honest. Yes, like shirts and blazers. Like that's all. Like I was looking in there, and I'm like, this is where they get a lot of their stuff. And then probably shine. What's the one? Shinesty, the one that does the like, like I mean, I, the, yeah. There's like two or three. It's the same way like Tony D'Angelo gets the stuff from Sweatsito. Like it's very obviously yeah. a Sweatsito. I, I own many. I get it. But happy WrestleMania weekend! It is upon us. Uh, go retweet Alfred about that Undertaker TED Talk from Hell. That's uh, lovely. Uh, he's at This Is Nasty. I'm at Clem Rubenstein. Go read his article on Forbes with John Cena, and uh, we'll get you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink. Consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more. Only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.